Hello, everyone. Welcome back to These Days at Home podcast, where I am bringing you encouragement, relatable life stories, and hopefully some biblical reflections for you to chew on as you go about your week. It has been a few weeks since I recorded just myself for an episode. I had two guests on recently, Kiri from Healthfully Rooted Home, uh, talking about threading God's word throughout your day. She gave us so many great tips. It was such a fun conversation and really encouraging. And then I had Erin Monseth from the Pastor's Wife podcast on to talk about her journey on whole food cooking and non-toxic living. Both such great conversations, and it was so fun to have guests on and talk back and forth about something instead of me just hearing myself ramble. (laughs) I will actually have be having Erin from uh, the Pastor's Wife podcast back on to do a follow-up conversation um, about the non-toxic living. We know it can be kind of daunting to to pursue something like this, and we have a lot of tips and um, just ideas for you all. So we would love to share, um, yeah, just share some answers to typical questions that we get from people, and then also share some things and daily habits that we have built into our life to make this change more sustainable, tangible, and obtainable. Uh, That was a lot of ibbles. I'm sorry about that. Um, Since we have uh, kind of opened this conversation about food, I wanted to talk a little bit more about it today. Uh, I am a big foodie. I don't usually, I didn't realize this about myself until I started cooking. And I, I mean, I knew I always loved food and had my favorites, especially, um, especially things that, you know, would come only, uh, you know, once, uh, once a year come, come around around holidays and whatnot. Um, and I definitely have certain kinds of foods or thing like restaurants and things that I love as we all do, but I know not everyone is exactly this way. I know people who don't see food as a delight or it's mainly just something to fuel your body to keep going. Um, but for me, food is truly a delight. It is something to be savored and experienced and celebrated. I think this is a family trait. Uh, whenever we get together with my Amborn, that's my dad's side of the family, we all devour my aunt's cooking and my grandma's old recipes. My grandma Amborn was a great cook. She uh, kind of came of age in the Great Depression. So she learned how to cook lots from scratch. She would make her own noodles for a homemade chicken noodle soup, homemade cinnamon rolls, and the list goes on. Uh, one of my, oh, one of the things my family has always said um, is that this is how she felt. It was a luxury. The luxury in their life was that she got to be home with the kids and that she was a good cook. Um, I've always felt a little bit of a kindred spirit with my grandma, Helen, because I kind of feel that same way. Um, She actually went home to be with the Lord in 2001, and I was only 12 at the time. She died of Alzheimer's, and I didn't get to know her like I would have liked to now, but I am looking forward to seeing her someday and spending eternity with her and asking her all kinds of questions. Um, And now all these years later, I still feel that kindred spirit with her. I feel like, like what she did, I consider it a great luxury that I get to be home full time with my kids and uh, know how to cook all the foods that I love, like love, love. I kind of took this journey in whole food cooking to not just be able to eat 
you know, healthier food, but I really wanted to eat healthier food that tasted good. It wasn't just bland everything, unseasoned everything. I wanted to truly delight in uh, just whole good food from the earth, unprocessed and but also just made to perfection. Not that I'm a perfect cook, but um, there are some things that are just like, this is my goal to make the perfect loaf or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so some of these things that prompted this topic that I want to talk about was something I ate recently. My husband got a meat smoker from a friend and he had sm- uh, smoked some ribs and oh my gosh, they were so good. I took a bite and out of nowhere, I started crying. Like I just got tears in my eyes. It's just like, there's something that just hit me in, inside my soul. And I just started crying. I wasn't having an emotional day or wasn't eating to let out anything. The f- It was literally just a flavor melted in my mouth. The smoky meat literally brought me to tears. I I can't explain it. I felt like an idiot at the time, but I, but I couldn't help it. It was just the most beautiful flavor and texture I had ever tasted and at least in or at least in a while. And it hit me somewhere deep in my chest and I had just had to tear up. There was one other time I had some food that made me, made me cry, but it wasn't um It was related to a panic attack I had. So I had been going through some really anxious time postpartum with um, my son, uh, my son Patrick, after I had him about six months. And I just started having a lot of panic, anxiety, panic attacks. And I had gone for a few days without a lot of sleep. And there was this one meal I had after all of that. And it was all it was. It was like bone broth soup and then this smoothie that I made. And oh my gosh, it just, it's just made me cry just from, I could just feel the nourishment hitting my body back. It being replenished, re, um, rejuvenated. And, um, so that was another time in which I found myself tearing up over food. And then, uh, later that week we were watching this Netflix docu-series called salt, fat, acid, heat. It's a cooking documentary where this woman chef travels around the world and teaches you about these elements, salt, fat, acid, and heat, and how they impact cooking and how you, and how to know what kinds um, of each of them you need and when to drastically and positively impact the outcome of whatever you're cooking. So like the one that we watched, for example, was the fat one. So um, butter and cheese and olive oil. Like she went to Italy and she uh, got to tour all these places and talk to the farmers and the local chefs there and all these things about how the quality ingredients, you know, impacts the food. And she was, yeah, so she was in Italy learning about these cheeses, cheeses and she was in a cheese aging cellar. The tour guide had her uh, try one of the aged cheeses and she started crying right there on camera. She just like tasted the cheese and she just started crying. She like welled up and she's like, so beautiful. And out of nowhere, she was crying about this beautiful cheese. So that was another instance recently where I saw someone cry over food and just from the beauty and flavor of it. Now, I don't know what was going on in her life at the time, but either way, it brought her to tears. And then just a little bit later, 
we were watching another docu-series on Netflix called The Table. And it was the one with the chef's name is Nancy. I can't remember her last name. But if you look up in the episodes, it's Nancy something. She was a, she is an accomplished sourdough bread baker. And she, she also was um, a pastry chef. And it was showing part of her, like a flashback of her story. And she had been on the Julia Childs show. If you don't know Julia Childs, she was kind of revolutionary in the 50s and bringing um, French cuisine into America uh, for the everyday homemaker, the everyday housewife who was just going to the grocery store and buying food, uh, buying their groceries. Uh, she taught them how to make really good, high-quality French food. Right, anyway, she has her own. T- she had her own TV show at the time. So she got to, this Nancy got to go on Julia Child's show and she had made this amazing tart on the show. Like right there, it was like a cooking show and Julia got to try it. And then out of nowhere, Julia started crying right there on camera too, because of the deliciousness of this beautiful tart this woman had made. Um, I think food is such an interesting thing there. You can make simple, great food that'll nourish your body. And then there is just, you know, the chefs and people that perfect, it's also an art. They just perfect it, perfect it. There's just these beautiful ways to create uh, food with flavors and technique. And just, there are heights of the culinary world that a few of us will ever get to experience, um, but yet is still there that I think is just really incredible. Uh, All of this got um, me to thinking about our souls and our spirits connect. uh, There's like a connection to the things of this earth and particularly food. So like, if you think about this, why, why is it that something like food would get us to cry? Why is that? There's got to be something in our bodies that is taking in creation and it brings us to tears um, what is it about those things? So ordinary everyday food that would do something like that. If you aren't into food, maybe you have an experience, uh, in another part of this world in a similar way, like standing on the beach and on the ocean for the first time, or seeing a mountain view that takes your breath away, or maybe an unexpected hug from a friend gives you the biggest relief of tension in your body you didn't know you were carrying around. I think our bodies are connected so much to our souls and our hearts. Um, and particularly this idea of food is just, I think it's over and over and over again in scripture. And so I just wanted to share a few verses with you guys and then um, get into a little bit of application of what that can look like for us on a day-to-day basis. Um, first there's this one quote from Malcolm Forbes. It says, food may be essential as fuel for the body, but good food is fuel for the soul. Um, in Psalm 63, it says, um, it's about, talks about fat and rich foods. It says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich foods and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. So the author here is, uh, equating, um, our souls being satisfied as like it is with fat and rich foods so that like I think about that meat that I had like it just oh there's something that just like hit me hit hit deep inside me because it was a fat and rich delicious food that is what 
God does to our souls. He satisfies those deep, deep desires and longings in our hearts. Um, and then there's Psalm 104, 15. Um, it says, wine that gladdens the hearts of men and oil to make their faces shine and bread that sustains their hearts. I go back to this verse over and over again. I've always loved it because um, I think here it just des- describes something like wine that people use to get drunk or to, I don't know, do all kinds of different things. It just, it, it is something that is made. This is my conviction. It's wine is something that is made to gladden our hearts. It softens us. It releases a little tension. Now our flesh can take that into an extreme and yes, we can use it as a, you know, kind of like as a daily, like, Oh, I just got to have my glass of wine to relax. I can't relax without my glass of wine. Or, um, you know, you can use it in many different ways that aren't honoring to the Lord. But I, I think it's worth noting here. There's this connection to something that God has created from the earth to soften us, to gladden our heart, um, oil to make our faces shine and bread that sustains their hearts is what it says sustains their hearts, not sustains their stomachs or sustains their body, but sustains their hearts. There's a, there's a soulfulness there that I think is, it's worth noting. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story of Elijah in the Bible. He was a prophet. He was responsible for, um, preaching God's word to uh, God's people and kind of, you know, calling them back to the ways of God. Very difficult thing. He had a lot of other tasks, um, that God had given him, but he was in a state of um, depression and despair for a while. Um, and there's this story that about him um, just going out and uh, the Lord kind of um, took care of him. It said, then Elijah, this is King, First Kings 19.5. It said, then Elijah lay down under the, the bush and went to sleep. And an angel came to him and touched him. The angel said, get up and eat. Elijah looked around and by his head that there was a cake that had been baked over coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then went back to sleep. So do you realize what happened there? Like he took a nap. He had a snack. God gave him cake and cold water and then he got to go back to sleep. And this is, and this is the time when he was in great despair. He was depressed. He was weary. Um, So this reminds me of kind of when I was going through my panic and anxiety moments and that one meal kind of brought me to tears there is something about food and sleep that nourishes our bodies way beyond what we may be able to see or realize um and that's something again that god has gifted us with and given it to us um if you're familiar with uh scripture you may know jesus talks about himself as the bread of life and there's so much there that i could dive into this would be a very long podcast if I did that. So I'll just quote John three sixty five. It said, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And that is spiritual hunger and thirst that he is talking about there. Um, of course, we are on this earth. We do hunger. We do thirst. We eat. We drink water. Um, but he's equating our spiritual life, our spiritual heart and soul to being hungry and thirsty. Uh, we hunger and thirst in this world because of the fall, because of the, uh, because of our sin. 
we have fallen short of God's glory. Um, but he, so we have this hunger and desire for something more, something outside of this world, something of eternity, uh, something of God. And he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Um, and I can tell you that is the case for, uh, for me. I remember this time in college, I was, had decided to give something up for a certain amount of time. Like I think it was like sugar or whatever. And I, I remember realizing how much I needed to drink water and I was drinking, sitting on the bus, going around campus, drinking this water. And I, I truly was like, I don't need to go back to sugar. Like, this is great. Like, I love this. I feel so much more satisfied. And it just, it hit me because I was reading this, these verses at the time that this is what Christ does to our soul. Like I, when you have spiritual food from God, everything else doesn't taste as good. The garbage and the junk that we turn to, uh, when we want comfort or whatever, isn't as good as turning to the Lord. Um, so anyway, there's that connection there again with food and soul. Um, there's a lot of analogies there that play out, I think for us in our spiritual lives as believers. And, you know, we also use food to celebrate and have feasts. Um, there's this book I'm really wanting to read called, um, actually, I can't even think of the title. I'll have, I'll have to think of it and mention it next time. Um, but there's there's so much there for us to kind of uh, think about and glean, glean from. Um, that God has given us these bodies in this world to experience um, so many things, so many delights, um, wine, good bread, good food, um, smoked meat. Oh my goodness, that's my favorite thing lately. Um and, you know, I think it's just another example of Psalm 19.1. It says, The heavens display, declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim his, the work of his hands. Um, and that's God's creation, you know, uh, the heavens, the skies. Um, and if that's true about the heavens and the skies, how, how more is it true of, or not more, how also is it true of just the things that we eat, things that we put in, put in our body, um, that we get a taste that we, he created these little taste buds. I say all the time to my little one, when we're just sitting out having a snack, um, you know, we're enjoying something and I just say, Patrick, isn't it so amazing that God created our taste buds and we get a delight in this food. It's so good. Let's praise him and thank him right now for this delicious marshmallow or whatever it is. Um, cause there is so much there to just celebrate and praise God for, because he created good things, good food, and he uses it to draw us to himself, which is the whole point. All of creation is meant to point us towards the Lord. Um, so if you're someone that likes to get out in nature, just think of that next time, getting out in nature. Or even if you don't, next time you're out, just pay attention to the things around you because it's meant to point you to God and who he is. So what does this mean for us in our day-to-day? -day? Obviously, not every meal we make will make us cry. I don't cry at everything I put in my mouth. <laughs> uh, this is a rare occasion and, you know, once in a while. But I think we have seen here there is some connection that our mouths, taste buds, that our soul can be, or that can bring us great comfort in times of despair or um food for, and then food for times of celebrating or food for physical needs like hunger and thirst. 
So how can we apply this? Uh, for the homemaker, maybe this is taking an effort to notice and write down everyone's favorite foods and pull them out on days they are having really bad days. Or maybe it could look like having a dessert once a week after dinner. You know, just something a little extra special. Like maybe maybe you celebrate um, the Sabbath day. And maybe let's say you're not, not a dessert family, but on the Sabbath day we're going to feast because we're going to remember that God rested and we celebrate in who God is. And so we're going to have a pie on the Sabbath day or whatever. Or another idea would be having a bunch of frozen cookie dough in the freezer. I've actually started to do, started to do this recently. I'll make a batch of cookie dough, put it in little balls and freeze them. And then you can just like take them out and pop them right in the oven and just have fresh cookies whenever you want. Really amazing. Um, so maybe that's something you can do as a little delight for your family. Or when someone comes over, it's always ready then to have a little fresh something for somebody when they come over. Um, I've noticed my son, the toddler that will, um, have his favorite snack and a cold water and a snuggle with mom. And that just goes a long way in soothing his little frazzled nerves. And so I, as a mom, I want to start thinking about how I can use food as a way to, um, to share the good news with my family, to bring comfort into the home, to bring joy and delight. I think there's something there and I really want to think about that more. I encourage you to as well. If we're honest, uh, how much does that make us all feel better too when we have just a little comfort food? I think there's something good there. Or if you are ready to pursue the next level of something. So let's say you, you know, you can cook, whatever, sounds good. But maybe you want to put your hand to honing a skill of pie making or bread making or perfecting that at-home espresso or latte or leveling leveling up your co- your culinary skills by learning stuff on YouTube or making something extra special. One of my goals this year is to make a, a really good like lemon tart. I think it looks a little bit more complicated. It probably isn't, but it's just something I really want to try. Um, so that's a goal of mine is to just level up, like bring the next level into our home so we can continue to, to delight in the things that God has given us. If you are not a homemaker and you have uh, people outside your home that you serve, maybe it's bringing them their favorite meal and uh, some fresh flowers to a friend who is really depressed or giving them uh, some really hearty sustenance bringing that to them to, uh, to cheer them or not to start necessarily cheer their mood, but to just kind of do what God did for Elijah is just giving him some food and some rest that there is such a wonderful way to serve somebody else. And uh, one that God uh, delights in, he says, whoever you've given a cold cup of water to, you have given it unto me. Serving people through food is serving unto the Lord. So I have one book recommendation for you. It's called The Spirituality of Wine. It was a book I really enjoyed reading. Uh, It talks about what an amazing gift wine is and how God has given it to us and how a spiritual thing it really is. I can't really describe it much more than that, um, but it is a really good read. I would highly recommend it. The The Spirituality of Wine. And after reading this book, it made me think, 
it made me really think about the Lord's Supper. You know, the Lord's Supper, we come forward for communion and have bread and wine um, to remember what Christ did for us uh, through his body and blood. And I really started seeing it so differently after reading that book. It's a really beautiful thing. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. I really, I hope it kind of sparks some ideas for you. And um, I, yeah, I'd like to ask you kind of just, maybe I'll put a poll out. I just learned I can put a poll out through this app uh, into, into my uh, podcast. So I, I think I'll try doing a poll this, this week. And I'm going to ask if anyone has ever, if you've ever cried eating something, I think that'd be really interesting to know. So watch for the poll. I'll put that out there. Have you ever cried eating something? Just think about it. Reflect on it this this next week. Uh, the food you eat, um, things you could do to serve your family or other people you love with food and good food. Um, and does it turn your eyes to God? Do you see that connection? Are you able to... Um, see his character of who he is as a God that is creative and beautiful and glorious through what you taste and taste and see. I hope you do. Um, again, okay. Thank you. That was a long wrap up. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Uh, please do share this with a friend or, um, leave a five-star review on whatever app you're listening to. This helps the spot, this podcast get in front of other people who also might be encouraged by it. So thank you so much, you guys. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.